Well, hello. Hey, uh, I am so glad to be here, and I have to start talking before all of you sit down, or I won't have time to finish all the things I have to say. So, uh, but seriously, I am thankful to be here. Um, I asked Kevin to put out some topics to you guys, let you vote, and I was really excited to talk about pain and suffering and evil, and how in the world could a good God allow those things. And I was so pumped and so excited, and then Kevin's like, dude, you'll never believe this, but uh, friendship is like crushing this right now. So, uh, and then uh, got to be a tight race right at the end, and then friendship won out. So, that is what I'm here to talk about. So, first of all, thank you for uh, participating in that and voting. If that was you and you're like, JC, I didn't get to vote, well, this is why you should follow the things that Kevin tells you to follow and check them out on social media and then click the little button thing. Uh, is it a button? I don't know what you do. It's a button. All right, Kevin said it's a button. Click the button that says, hey, this is my choice. So um, I just thought it'd be cool to kind of, you know, I, I didn't have a series, so I thought it'd be cool to kind of let you guys pick uh, what you wanted to hear about. And uh, I'm going to try and talk about all the things with friendship in like uh, 25 minutes. So, uh, hey, Eric, if you'll, my, time, my timer is at zero. I'm, I'm pretty sure I haven't hit that yet, <laughs> but I'm close. Um, so, Anyway, uh, thank you all for being here. I, I wanted to kind of give a couple examples so far. If you have lived any amount of time, you've dealt with friendships and relationships, you will do that for the rest of your life. Um, I am married to my best friend. She's amazing and su such a better person than me, um, but we have our struggles sometimes. It's just part of being a human being. One day we won't have struggles anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited about that day, but until Jesus comes back, and he is coming back, thank you Jesus for that, until he comes back, we got to figure out how to live life in this broken place that we call earth, okay? So I want to just give a couple fun examples of some friends that I have seen in my own life. Maybe you can relate, maybe not, but just want to give a couple pictures to you. Here's picture number one. I call this the vacuum cleaner friend because they suck the life out of you. Uh, it doesn't matter how much you hang out with them. It just feels like they are constantly pulling from you, like they're just everything you have and every interaction you have with them. You love them, but when you go home, you're like, I don't know why I'm so tired. I felt like I hung out with my friends, and maybe, maybe it's like they just suck the energy source out of me somehow. That's a vacuum cleaner friend. Uh, next is this one. Uh, this is called a dump truck friend. My wife had a particular struggle when we first got married. It seemed like if she looked at all of her friends, all of them tended to be like this, where they would just say, here's all my junk. And then she's just supposed to like have like a room enough to take care of everybody else's junk. And so I call that person a dump truck friend because they always are dumping their stuff on you. And generally, it's trashy. Like, generally, people don't dump stuff that's valuable. You're not like, oh, my gosh, thank you for dumping that all over me. Normally, it's like, goodness gracious, put that somewhere else. Okay? Uh, next one is this. Uh, that's ghosting. Uh, sometimes you got, like, a super cool friend, and you really like hanging out, and then it's just, like, for whatever reason. Sometimes you know what the reason is. Sometimes you don't. It's just like that friendship is missing in action. Like, you're just like, where in the world did this friend go? What happened? And then you got to decide, do I put the effort in to try and rebuild this connection or not, or do I just let this person be a spirit ghost and uh, just disappear, okay? Uh, so, that's a friend that I've had some. And, and then there's this. 
Now, that is Kevin's uh, wonderful profile picture with his two beautiful boys and his lovely wife, who is much nicer than him. Um, Kevin knows. <laughs> yes, he put Colts uh, on his profile. But the reason why I show this is not because Kevin is a type of friend, um, although he is my friend. Um, this is a particular issue, not just with your generation, but with our generation. And it's you kind of view your friend based on the fact that do I see their social media stuff? And sometimes that's it. Like, sometimes that's it. Like, I'll give you an example. I think I've got like, I don't know, six or 700 friends on Facebook. I got Facebook when it started when you could only get it in college with an EDU address, which you'll get when you go to college. You'll get a .edu address. Uh, and so I was at the University of Memphis, and we would uh, be friends with each other. And it was real nice. And it didn't have crazy stickers on it, and it didn't have a bunch of political stuff. It was just like college people hanging out and being like, hey, were you in class? Do you have the homework assignment? And then it's turned into like, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's awful. And here's the reality. This is why this is important. The word friend means something different to you and to me than it does older people. Why is that? Because in 2004, when Facebook came out and it was their thing, they said that all you have to do is confirm that you're friends with somebody to be friends. And you just have to like check that, hey, yes, we're friends. Well, the problem is I've got like 600 some friends on Facebook. Now, am I really friends with 600 people? Absolutely not. In fact, I'm barely friends with like the dozen people I talk to every week, right? But I will tell you this. It changes how we view relationships. And it doesn't just change how we view friendships. It changes how we view the relationship with our parents. It changes how we view the relationship with our siblings, how we view the relationship with complete strangers, people that we've actually never met before face-to-face, and then people who are our actual friends. And it changes the way that you view relationships even with your enemies. Because we think that when we look at a profile and we have confirmed that we are friends with this person, that that is what friendship really is. And the problem with that is, that's not what friendship really is. That's not what friendship really is. Now, I get in trouble sometimes because I get to this place, and I'm studying, I've got like 800 million things to tell you about friendship, okay? And I don't have time to tell you 800 million. I try to fit in 800, but even that's hard. So uh, I'm just going to tell you a few things that are kind of guiding principles for how the Bible talks about friendship, okay? And if you want to know more, if you want to learn more about this, then just go up to Kevin, your friend, and say, hey, Kevin, my friend, who's also my high school pastor, we need to do more on this friendship thing, and then he'll figure it out after that, okay? And take all of the pressure off of me in 25 minutes, okay? So uh, thing number one, uh, the Hebrew Uh, translation of the Bible, which if you don't know this, the Bible is written in many different languages, and by many I mean three, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. Those are the three languages, generally based on the authors who wrote them, spoke those particular languages, okay? And so in the Old Testament, we've got the Bible mostly written in Hebrew, okay? And so there are three different Hebrew words for friend. Now, you may be going, oh my gosh, the Bible has three words for that? Yes, it does, actually. In fact, I'm going to try and kind of explain them the way that you might understand them from social media, okay? Um, the, the first word, I'm not going to give you all the Hebrew words because, listen, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. I got an accent, and my English is bad, so I'm just going to stick to that, okay? The first one is a word that really just means like 
uh, an associate, like you've met them before, like once, uh, and you know them, like if someone were to say, hey, you know so-and-so, you'd be like, yeah, I know so-and-so, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, you guys do this with uh, followers, uh, either on YouTube or, uh, you know, it used to be fans on Facebook, something like that, but if somebody were to be like, hey, uh, give me a YouTube channel, somebody give me a YouTube channel. Beast? Mr. Beast. I'm going to assume that's a video game thing. Mr. Beast do video games? What's Mr. Beast do? Fail Army. Okay, Fail Army. He gives people money. So people pay him to give other people money? Yeah, okay. Mr. Beast. I have to check this guy out if he's giving away free money. Uh, So, Mr. Beast, you can be friends with Mr. Beast. So if somebody were to say to you, like, hey, do you know Mr. Beast, which I obviously do not, you would be like, ah, yeah, I know Mr. Beast. Now, do you really know him? Have you met him before? No, but that's, that's basically the idea. I've heard of this person before. The second Hebrew word is actually the word that is used most often in the Old Testament for friend, and that is that there is a, a frequency of watching, being with people, presence with people, but also there's something shared together. Could be an interest, could be a hobby. Um, And that word in particular is the word used most often uh, in the Old Testament for friend. Uh, That's generally what I would say would be people in, like classmates for you guys. Uh, That's generally what I would say are the people who watch your Instagram stories. Uh, Those would be those people. Like they've got enough of a connection with you that they want to know more about you just than the stuff that you're kind of putting out there in the public. They want to know a little bit more, so that's, that's what that looks like. Shared interests or hobbies. Now, that's not a mutual, the Bible's not saying like you have to have commonality in order to be friends. It's just saying that is a description, generally, of people that are friends, is that they have something that they share together. Now, I'll be honest with you. The older that I get, the less common hobbies and interests I have with people. For instance, I'm a huge Memphis Tigers fan. Those of you guys who know me know that about me. I can count on less than one hand the number of people who I am friends with that are Memphis Tigers fans. Now, people know that about me, and they know that's an interest that I have, but I'm not out there searching for more Memphis Tigers fans. Now, I think that's important for you to understand in your age group because in high school, one, you're still trying to figure out who you are, even though some of you have made a little more progress in that, but two, you're looking for other people who are like you, and that's good. In some instances, it's also bad when you get exposed to some new information about yourself or the world, and you don't know what to do about it. And so, that, that's just, it's not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, it's just something to be aware of. If everybody's like you, you're going to think like everybody else, and then you're going to have a trouble when new information comes. What do I do with that? What does that look like? What does that mean? Okay? So, it's good for you to kind of reach outside of the people who have shared interests and hobbies with you. And then there's this last word. And this word is important because it's very similar to another word that is used in Hebrew. And the other word that Hebrew uses means secrets. And the way that the Old Testament described these types of friends are the friends that you share your secrets with. And why is that important? Well, it's important to me because that is what we should be striving for in relationship. Now, sometimes the problem is, and I, listen, I know you get in trouble today for stereotypes, so please forgive me for what I'm about to say. Just trust me that the value that I'm about to say is trying to be good. These are observations I've made uh, in my life, okay? Generally, girls go real heavy into like sharing secrets real fast. 
And then guys do the exact opposite. In fact, they almost are playing a game of like, how long can we hang out until I have to tell you something that nobody else knows? True? Well, I won't say true. I will say common. Common? Okay. So, there's always exceptions to everything, okay? Just give me some grace that there are exceptions to that, okay? And if that's not you, JC didn't say that. I didn't say that about you. I'm so sorry that I didn't include you, okay? But for me, what is common is girls like hit the turbo button on friendship and they want to share all their stuff as fast as humanly possible. And guys are the exact opposite. They're like, how many timeouts can I take? How many times can we have something cool before I'm able to kind of throw this out there? And then, like, hide myself to see what they do about it, okay? That's, that's true. Why that's also true is if you do ever get married, like, that's a struggle you're going to have because the guy's going to be like, what, are, what, do you, what do you mean? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? And they're like, oh, I've only done this, like, three times my whole life. I, I don't know. Uh, so, anyway, that's just that's a common challenge, uh, not a challenge everybody will deal with, okay? But, anyway. But that's the way the Hebrew Scriptures talk about friendship. They talk about someone you share your secrets with. And so the challenge that I have is, is this. I, I want to know who knows your soul. Now, like, we know, well, God knows my soul. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But biblical friendship, the way that the Bible talks about what we should be striving for, is about someone who knows your soul. Someone who knows what you're struggling with, who knows what your dreams and visions and aspirations are. But there's two things with that. And I, I want to be clear with this with you guys because your culture tells you there's only kind of one. The one is everybody needs to accept my dreams and aspirations and visions and all that stuff, okay? Everybody just needs to accept the things that I have and that I'm offering out into a friendship. You just need to be okay with it. And that's, there's some truth there. there. There really is some truth. Like when your friend shares something with you, the relationship prioritizes over whatever they're sharing. And so you go, man, I love you. Absolutely. Let's figure out what this means. Let's figure out what this looks like. And that's mostly true. Like let's figure this out. Oh my gosh, I never knew that. What in the world? So that, there's some truth there. But here's like the other side truth. The other side truth is I have to be willing to both share my stuff with someone else, and I also have to be willing, as a follower of Jesus, to say, what does God say about this? Which means you need to have friends who are willing to tell you, hey, I love you, but if you're going to try and murder your brother, let's not do that, because God frowns on that, so let's not murder him. Maybe let's figure out a way to embarrass him in a way that won't affect his future, but let's not murder him, okay? So, like, you see what I'm saying here? Like, it's my, hey, I'm sharing this. This is what's going on. I'm sharing it, but I'm also willing to hear what my friends have to say about it. And as the receiving end of this friend, like, I'm going, hey, oh, my gosh, unbelievable. That's crazy. Don't do that because that would harm you or others. Instead, let's figure out what does God have to say about this, and then how can I help you? What can I do? That's hard. That's hard. And that takes time. And... Our culture, and when I say our culture, I don't just mean teenage culture, I don't just mean adult culture, I mean all of us. We live in a microwave culture, which means ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for listening. Ain't nobody got time for saying things and sharing stuff. Like, we got too much stuff to do. We got too many videos to watch. We got too many tweets to, to check out and follow and retweet and like and share with our friends on a group chat. 
right? Like we got too much stuff to do. No time for friendship. Now, I say that a little bit snarky, but I'm also saying that's true. You're in a fast forward time in culture, in American culture. And when you start to go slow, you know what happens? Everybody and everything around you is saying, speed up, come with me, come with me, come with me, come with me, come on, come on, come on. You're going to get left behind. Come on, come on, come on. And I just, I wish Jesus were alive at this point in time, like where he's present humanly, where I could just see him like, nah, I'm cool. I'm just going to walk at my own pace. And if I need to catch up, I'll catch up. But if I don't need to catch up, I'm just going to keep walking at my own pace, the pace that God has me walk. And so I'm, I'm saying that to just say, be aware. Friendship is even harder today in American culture because we are going fast, 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 fast. So I say that to share with you, there's a unique challenge today, not just because friendship is changing and the expectations of what a friend is changes, but also because everything is so fast, Okay. Uh, I also want to share this kind of picture with you. Um, I, I, I like the Avengers movies. I don't know if that's a popular thing or not a popular thing to say. I just like them. I don't care if you like them or not. I like them. I think they're good, except for a couple of them. You know, they messed up a few things, okay? But there's this picture that I have of friendship that I think is so good. Towards the end of the whole, like, you know, however many years of all the movies, like Iron Man has this picture that everything's about to get destroyed, And what the Bible would tell us to do with that picture is first, bring it to God, but then second, share it with my super friends, right? Instead, Iron Man does the opposite. Here's the picture that he sees. Show this picture. He literally sees all his friends dead. Like he just sees them dead. He's like, whoa, that's not a good picture. And then instead of being like, hey guys, I just saw the end of the world, all of you died, what are we going to do about that? He's like, I'm going to tell nobody. I'm going to hold all this in. I'm not going to share that with anybody. I'm not because that would be too hard. What's that going to do to our super friends? What if Thor doesn't like that? Is he going to hit me with his lightning hammer? What if the Hulk doesn't like that? Is he going to squeeze me until he's not angry anymore? I'll be dead by then, right? So like he has this significant observation about the future. And then he just keeps it in. Now, why this is a particular challenge to me is because we are inundated, which means a lot dump trucked on us about struggling people. And people are struggling. Like, I get that. That's not a don't struggle message. I I just don't believe that, okay? But when we struggle, okay, it's not just our responsibility to find struggling people. That is part of our responsibility. Don't miss that. It's part of our responsibility. But if you are struggling, it is also your responsibility to share your struggle with somebody. Well, JC, what are they going to do? You know, what if they stomp all over it? What if they do like Incredible Hulk and like squeeze me till my eyes pop out like one of those dolls you used to have on a kid, right? Like, I wish I could tell you that's not going to happen. But I can't. You will have some friends who disappoint you. I'm just going to leave that for a second because I have some time. You will have friends who disappoint you. But I need to give you three truths that you need to remember anytime you go through disappointment in life, okay? Anytime. Number one, Jesus already went through it. 
Jesus knows what it's like not just to be called names by his friends, not just to have them suck the life out of him. He knows what it's like to be forgotten. He knows what it's like to be abandoned. He knows what it's like to be doubted. He knows what it's like to be called names. He knows what it is like to be betrayed for money. Jesus knows what it's like to be disappointed by his friends. In fact, one time, as he's in the most crucial part of his life here on earth, he's about to pray and connect with God, knowing he's about to be arrested and tried for being the Son of God and doing nothing wrong. And he looks at his friends, his best friends, and he says to them, hey, can you just stay up and pray for me? And then he goes up and he comes back down and they are asleep. Now, some of you are like, that kind of describes my prayer life all the time. I got a lot going on, JC. I'm super busy. Like, I just fall asleep praying. That's not about that. Your, your best friend who literally has never done anything wrong to you. In fact, sometimes you're like, this dude is going to leave me and my life is going to be awful if this guy leaves me. Okay? That's Jesus. He said, can you stay up and pray for me for a little bit? And they're like, conked out. Now, if it were me, like I got some Red Bull, maybe I got some coffee, we can figure some stuff out, and I can make it through, maybe, okay? But then Jesus like wakes them up, and he's like, guys, I need you to pray for me. And he goes back, comes back, they're asleep. Now, I say that to say to you, that doesn't just matter intellectually, when we pray, we can pray realizing that Jesus knows what it's like to be stabbed in the back by his friends. Jesus knows what it's like to be doing all the right things and his friends do the wrong thing. He knows what that's like. So when we pray, we identify with him. It's like when you meet somebody for the first time and they're like, yeah, I just really like sushi. And you're like, what? All my other friends hate sushi. That identification, except like not about sushi, about real important life, deep secret things, that's identification with Jesus. And old dead people call that union or communion with Christ. When we take the Eucharist, when we take the bread and we take the wine or the cracker and the grape juice, okay? When we take those things, we're identifying with what Jesus did on the cross. We're having communion with him, where we take a moment to relate with him. So truth number one is Jesus knows. Truth number two is the Spirit is with you. The Spirit is with you, which means wherever you go, whatever happens to you, the Spirit is there to encourage, to build up, sometimes to go, don't do that. Please don't do that. 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 And sometimes you even hear it like that. Like to me, like sometimes it's like that. It would be like if somebody was doing that chalkboard scratching noise thing that everyone hates, like on the inside of my skull. That's sometimes what it's like. And sometimes I pull it back, right? And I'm like, ooh, thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much. And then sometimes I'm like, here we go, right? Just charge in because I'm dumb, okay? But the Holy Spirit is with you. He's a reality. It's not some magic trick. It's not some piece of information we talk about. He truly is with you, which means we need to sometimes pause and go, what do I need to know about this situation? Holy Spirit, what's going on? What in the world? What is happening? And then the third thing, and this is the thing that is the most encouraging. It's also the thing that people will roll their eyes at because they don't understand what it means, and it's just this. Jesus is raised from the dead, so it's going to be fine. 
I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus, who was the perfect human being and fully God, is raised from the dead. So it's going to be fine. Like whatever like crazy struggle you're thinking about right now, whatever crazy conflict that you're thinking about, like am I going to say it? Like what if, what if our friendships are over? What if, what if, what if, we, what if, what if a bomb explodes? Like what if, what if, what if, what if? Jesus was raised from the dead. It's going to be okay. Now I say that to say I don't think that this is some like mystical piece of information. This is a real thing that every day of my life, every day of my life, as we go through a pandemic, as everybody wants to tell you what to do as a pastor and as a father and as a husband, as people want to share with you their opinions about nothing that you asked for, but they've got it, so they got to share it, right? And so, like, all that stuff, and as I'm dealing with staff people and friends and strangers and enemies and social media and pressure and school and family and hobbies and all these things put together, you just have to come back and you go, hey, you know what? Jesus was raised from the dead. It's going to be cool. Now, that's not to say if you are struggling because of sin, because of sin's fallen peace that we all have to deal with, which I mean, I think means steak's going to taste better one day, things are going to smell better, it's going to be great. If there's something going on, okay, in your biology, I'm not saying that, okay? You need to see a doctor, and that's okay. You need to go see a doctor. It's a fallen world. I think that means in our brains, even if it's a spiritual oppression, which those are real, okay, if it's physically some kind of chemical thing going on, go get some help, okay? That's okay. If you need to tell somebody about that, We'd love to hear about that, and we would love to encourage you to go to the doctor and then follow up with you when you come back, okay? That happens. But I'm also sharing with you, sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's you are anxious about things that are not going to change your life forever. They are temporary, and they will pass, and you must be reminded that Jesus is raised from the dead and it will be okay because it will be. And I mean that about every injustice in the entire world that makes my blood pressure shoot up like a mercury scale in the middle of a Memphis summer, okay? That literally you will see it on my face. My face will turn red, okay? My hair will start to catch on fire. Like I'm serious about this. All that stuff will be made right one day. Not because of our efforts, but because Jesus is going to show up on a white horse and he's going to say, it's over boys, let's go. And the church gets raised up into heaven with him and a new heaven and a new earth and we're with him. Now when I say that, that's true to me and I believe it's true for everyone. And if you're a follower of Jesus and don't believe that's true, you got some struggle that you got to figure out. And that struggle is Jesus who is he? What did he do? Now, I'm saying that. I'm past my time, which I know. But I got to share this with you. This is my, one of my favorite pictures. Show this. This is just a, a father and a son playing Not this particular picture, but this idea, this picture in my head. Father and son playing catch, okay? Now, check this out. I want you to think about this. Uh, I have four boys at my house. All of them want to play catch with me at the same time. So this illustration is like, bam, in my head all the time, okay? All of them, even the ones that can't catch or throw, they want to play catch with this person, okay? Which is me, all right? So here's the deal. Cannon can catch and throw now, which is cool as a dad. It's very cool, okay? Because like, 
takes some mega patience to get your kid to learn how to catch, okay? Like mega patience. And if they're not naturally gifted at it, it takes like double extra mega patience. It's crazy, okay? So anyway, Cannon can throw. And when I say he can throw, dude can throw. Cannon, while that was not our intention with his name, it was just a really cool name that I meant for like weapon, like he can throw the ball, okay? Now, that's really cool, but sometimes Cannon's mechanics get off. Maybe he sees somebody on TV throw it a different way. Maybe he tries to be Patrick Mahomes instead of just throw the freaking ball to me, right? And so he's like throwing it backwards or behind his head or whatever. I'm like, hey, dude, let's go back to basics. Come a little closer to daddy, okay? Now let's try this again. Now I say that to say, as you get better, as you practice, what happens? You can back up a little bit, right? Distance grows. Now here's the thing. This is why this matters for friendship, Okay. Sometimes your friendship gets wrecked, like a shipwreck, right? And you're going, this is the worst, blah, 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 blah. And you're trying to like argue with your friend with your back turned. And what you need to do is you need to turn around and look at your friend and be reminded that you love them. And then you need to take some steps closer to them, okay? I almost fell off this stage. That would have been both hilarious, literally my heart stopped. <laughs> But you have got to realize if the relationship is whack, and this goes for marriages, it goes for relationships with your parents, it goes for friends, it goes for siblings, it goes for everything. You need to stop like, they're the worst, blah, blah, blah. And you need to turn around, you need to look at your friend in the face. And you need to say, I love you. And you need to step closer. Closer than this, right? But not too close. But close enough to where you can be reminded of what it means to be friends. And then you can go, oh, I forgot that when you say that, you do that thing with your face. And it doesn't mean you hate me. It just means you can't say ends right. And so you're like, oh, okay. I used end because some of you probably say other letters really weird. That was the only one I can think of that was neutral. So anyway, <laughs> so weird study things. Anyway, <laughs> so that's what some of you need in your relationships. You need to be like, you're trying to like throw like deep bombs to each other. And, and when you watch football team, you're like, hey, stop that. <laughs> Just like come closer. Now let's talk. And then what you'll realize is, oh, there's inside jokes again. And oh, we're watching the same TV shows again. Oh, oh. And then we're going to Starbucks and ordering the same thing again. And then like all this stuff is back in sync again. But the problem is you turned your back on each other. And you thought you could figure this out on your own. So you need to do that. Okay. Last thing I'll say is this, and this is super important. And this is just a question. I, I want to leave you with a question to talk about in your small groups. If none of this applies to you, here's one thing you can talk about in your small group, okay? What would it have been like for Jesus, who has a little bit of an important mission in all the world, okay, to save all of us? Uh, like literally, Avengers is a cool mission and, you know, stones and stuff, whatever. Uh, Jesus is like trying to save the entire world, all of it in history, past, past, present, and future from all of their sin that they continue to do, okay? It's a super important mission, and it's real life, not a fictional story, okay? So, real big deal. And then he shows up, and he's like, uh, I'm going to pick you, 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 okay, yeah, Peter, you can come too, okay? And then you, you, and you, and then uh, Judas, okay, come on, come on, come on. Y'all are going to be my friends, Cool. All right, leave everything and come follow me. Now, I know y'all are like, dude, that's so goofy, right? Yeah, well, it's kind of like that, okay? Seriously. Um, what would it have been like for Jesus to trust those human beings with the most important thing that he had to do? 
Do you think that they ever disappointed him? I don't want you to answer these. I want you to think about this. Do you think they ever disappointed him? Do you ever think he picked the wrong ones? Do you ever think he was like, this dude is going to sell me out? Uh, do you ever think he was like, um, I don't know that these, these people have what it takes. I just don't know. Like, I just want you to process through that and then realize Jesus was still cool picking all those people to be his friends. And he exercised mega, superhuman, divine patience with them as they said and did stupid things, just like we do. That's how God feels about us. He's always going to pick you. He's always going to look at you and have patience with you. He always loves you. But if you don't want Jesus, if you don't want God, that's what you'll get. Like if right now you're choosing other things than God, well, that's what he's going to give you. And some of you, that makes you real nervous. Because here, here's the thing, here's the thing. Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit need none of us. They most certainly don't need me. But they don't need any of us. They don't need us. They're fine. They don't have like a, a Messiah complex. They don't have like a, a human complex. Like they just, they're cool. They want you to be with them. But if you don't want that, as horrible as that, that, as that sounds, that's what they'll give you. And so my question to you is, what would it be like to be friends with somebody who doesn't need anything from you? And I say that because we don't have any human relationship like that. Every friend, every mom or dad, every brother or sister, every cousin, every neighbor, every classmate, every teacher, every grandparent needs something from us. What would it be like to be friends with somebody who needs nothing from you? What would it be like to be a friend who expects nothing of their friends? Just likes them. Just likes being with them. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for loving us. I look at myself and I go, what in the world? Why would you ever do that? And that's what you do. So God, help us. Help us as we try and figure out how to do relationships. God, Holy Spirit, please speak in these groups tonight as they wrestle through these topics and, and questions. And God, allow them, uh, allow them to truly have an experience with you as they share their stuff and as they receive stuff from somebody else. And God, just help us to remember you died on the cross and you were raised from the dead. And it's going to be cool. It's in the name of Jesus we are able to pray these things. Amen.